morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 289. I am your host, Florence Ion, and I am joined here by Andy and Notko. Come Hello. on down. Hello, Flo. Happy Orthodox Da-da-da. Christmas. Ta-da. Also also known as th- those of us who, uh, so I have like uh, one set of like uh, one parent who like from Italian background, one parent from the like Slovak background, which meant that I get to have like the really, really big blowout like Catholic Christmas. But also, and so like a week and a half later, I get the excuse for, oh, dang, I didn't, I really should have sent a card to this person or, ooh, I forgot to get a gift for someone. I can say, oh, well, this is for, or- I'm sorry. I, I, I tend to split my celebration over between uh, the regular one Christmas and the Orthodox Christmas. So I, you're, you're on the Orthodox Christmas list this year. I didn't, I totally didn't forget you. Oh, thank you, Andy. Well, I have to say to you officially, Happy New Year. Because yes. I haven't seen you since the new year hit. So it's officially 2021. Nothing has changed. Everything <laughs> is still uh, kind of as grim seeming as it is. But at the same rate, the people I love are still around. And so here are you and I doing the podcast together. Um, now, I do have to bring up something with you. And I, I'm really sorry to bring it up on the record in front of our our listeners and our friends. But um, I need to tell you that I regret buying the Xiaomi box (laughs) per your suggestion. Now I trust you. I trust your opinion and I trust your trusted your opinion at the beginning of my time (laughs) with this little set top box. But I got to tell you since that Chromecast with Google TV came through the pipeline, I have, I just decided, you know what? I don't really have the 200 Flo, why why'd you do this? You, some people are going to ask. I decided instead of spending $200 on an NVIDIA Shield that I would just <laughs> replace everything in the house with a Chromecast with Google TV. Partially because of that remote, but also just because of the stability of Google TV. Not only that, but apparently there's a nasty ghosting issue with the Mi Box oh. that we've been really noticing Lately, like I, we went into some uh, forums, definitely some XDA forums, where there was talk of there was a software update for the Mi Box, and it sort of introduced ghosting because I don't know some something, and that's ultimately what made me sort of really frustrated with this little set top box. Okay, I have I have to admit I have uh, I unplugged it from HDMI one when my google chromecast with google tv arrived Mm -hmm. i have not i've been happy enough with it that i haven't looked back just just as the me box uh usurped my uh, 4k apple tv box it it is the way of it's the way of things it's like it's like it's 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 like buying fresh flowers. At some point, you can keep it around, but you know that the you're going to be dump you're, you're going to be replaced putting something else in that vase soon enough. Anyway, I just want you to know that I'm also kidding. I do in, incredibly implicitly trust you and uh, your <laughs> suggestions and opinions. So, it was good while it lasted, but I don't know. Whatever they've been doing to it made it really really And also, I think it's just because I have been using the Chromecast of Google TV on the family room TV that just having that experience, I just kind of just want that, you know, all throughout the house. I just 
life has been so difficult. <laughs> the last thing I need is to have like a different UI for every different TV in the house. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of TVs because we're TV people. Uh, speaking I to, of TV. I, I, I have to oh, yes. say that, though, that, yeah, one of the things I've been liking about the Google Chromecast with Google TV I know. has been that i know i hate this it's like the i i've been i've i've sort of like uh, fallen in like like with using the google assistant not by barking out like a an activation word and then a command but by like Jane, like captain kirk lifting up the, the remote pressing this button and then say turn on the bedroom lights oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it happens. That is satisfying. I, I don't see uh it's it's, it's a little it's more satisfying than like even yelling out to the room cuz there's just something so Even visible. though yelling out in the room is uh, is more convenient, also, it's more yes. you don't have to look for the remote or anything, but there's something about I am holding a thing and I'm giving an order to this thing that I'm holding. I don't Exactly. as as a, as opposed to like uh, do, do you like aim your voice at the at the Google speaker yes. when you're even though it's like okay it'll get it wherever it is but I find myself like lifting up my head like a meerkat or something or turning yes yes yeah, so yes there's, there's more dignity this that, that's what it is it's more dignity you could do it standing up straight and just like a dignified karaoke yes if you if oh I miss karaoke um so I I wanted to also bring that Google TV conversation to the table because um M Tony in my Discord. For anybody who's interested in joining the Discord, there's a link somewhere at my website, florencelion.com. I kind of intentionally make it hard to find because I don't, you know, want <laughs> the crawling crawlers to come through. Uh, M. Tony mentioned the thread. There was this big thread in the Google Home subreddit about the dongles and the accessories that work with the Chromecast of Google TV. And I thought that would just be a helpful link. So we're going to put it in the show notes uh, I'll link to the Reddit thread so that you can go through and kind of read through the comments. And then I will link separately to the Google Doc that includes all of the reviewed and tested <laughs> accessories and dongles that can be connected to the Chromecast or Google TV. So just a side, I, just a little helpful side note for anybody. I figured, why not? Yeah. No, it's it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I have been thinking about of whether I'm going to be that person who has to feels as though they have to run like one gigabyte Ethernet to this dongle that really like, does it. Yeah, that's connected I'm to a 1080 do, TV. So I'm not going to do any of this to, to be quite frank. But the fact that it exists, I think that we um, I'm I've been seeking out more levity in my life, in my daily life. <laughs> and uh, stuff like this kind of keeps me keeps me grounded to the things that, you know, <laughs> pique my interest so i figured why not put them in the show notes i have i have that power indeed <laughs> we, we don't you don't even have to have a reason i know <laughs> sorry guys this is the first podcast of the year and if it feels kind of discombobulated you know what yeah well actually yeah well, there's, there's reasons for that. well also uh you've, you've got me thinking that maybe i should attach the hub because uh last night i finally ran out of space uh, storage space on my google chromecast with google tv what have you been loading on there <laughs> apps and it, and it turns oh. out that and it turns out that some of these like uh, uh i've been trying to get cody working okay 
even though I just I've never had a good experience with it, but I keep thinking that. But other people like it. There must be a reason why I you know. can't get it to work and you can't really enjoy it. And I didn't realize that. Oh well, that's got that's taking up like four hundred megabytes of space because it's building this directory and building this cache on and on. And part and part of the reason was that mm, I didn't think about uh, that. I see. I don't. Uh, I've uh, I'm a I'm a cord cutter sort of in the sense that. Like I've just I, I I have cable because that's part of my internet package, and of course it costs more to not have cable than to have cable. But and and it's plugged in and it's working, but it's I only have it plugged into like my living room TV, and I was in the bedroom, and this was one of those super rare occasions when I really did need like live television, and so I was so I was watching the CN I was I was, I was watching the proceedings in Congress on the um, on the CBS News app. And then, like, but they were focusing on, they, they had already separated between House and Senate. They were fo- focusing on the Senate, and they had, like, a little, like, inset window in which they're showing, mm-hmm. like, people being a little bit more animated on the House side of things. So I said, oh, God, what, is, what are they doing over there? And so I decided that the only way to, re- the, to really solve that problem would be to install, like, another competing news app and see if they're, like, having different coverage. And so, as a result, I just found out that I could not install, like, an 18-megabyte app. But but it did it did poke the holes in like my whole like, say, media strategy because yeah it's it's like there are times where <laughs> there are times where oh my god I need to tune into CNN right now and see what's going on and okay well first of all I have to authenticate I have to let let this app know who my local cable provider is and verify that I have the correct cable package to access this like for God's sake I've, in the end I wound up just <laughs> like watching one stream on the google chromecast with google tv and a second stream on the pixel book that i had like in bed with me and i thought that this is this is not the way there's supposed to be picture in picture with this system i shouldn't i, I shouldn't have to remember live like an animal in the 90s and it's like we still don't really have that uh we have it on our phones um i i do have to say while you were talking it just made me think about how god i am the poster ecosystem child because I'm just thinking, I'm putting these Chromecast. I'm going to have three Google Chromecasts with Google TVs in the house, whatever they're called. Uh, and they're all going to have paid subscription to YouTube TV. And so you just like go to the live tab and you have live TV. This is the exact same thing as paying Comcast for different media boxes. Yeah. I am. I have been. That was a cracking of a whip. Yeah, see, I, a terrible I do, sound effect, but yes, I, I do. I do have a, 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 an IPTV box, uh, uh, a, a HD home run box that for years was doing a fine job of just like putting my cable connection, uh, putting a cable tuner like available to, on any app on mm-hmm. the network that could use IPTV. For some reason, it just I, I think Verizon just like decided to screw all of us. And it just stopped working correctly uh, several months ago, and I don't know. And it's it's one of those problems that uh, it's big enough to be an annoyance, not so much that I it seems to justify my spending more than twenty minutes trying to fix it. Because once I because I've made several half hearted attempts to see if I get it running, but at some point it's like okay, but all the only reason why I'm doing this is because I don't. I occasionally I want to watch live TV, and occasionally. I want to record something that I can't just simply download off of streaming and there the and there the ambitions end. And there the ambitions end. I feel like that's a good little 
stopping point for us to take our first little break. And um, of also, just to type, uh, and their ambitions end uh, right there in the title uh, yeah, block of our show Yeah, it's a good one. There. That's a really good one. Ambitions end. I love it when this Got happens. <laughs> I love it when this happens. All right, we're going to take a quick little break. This episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. In the real world, if you're looking for privacy, you close a door. But online, we leave doors open everywhere we go. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like never closing doors behind you. Your internet provider, like Comcast or Verizon, knows every single website you visit. And if they want to, they can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants. ExpressVPN creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone. Okay, so here's the part where they're saying personal experience. Tell about your personal experiences. Um, so I started uh, I started using ExpressVPN a few years ago, actually, when they first became a sponsor of the podcast. As it happened, um, I was a customer of another VPN company. VPNs are super important, uh, particularly if you're a cheapskate like me who does not like having to pay for mobile broadband uh, when they're using their phone as a mobile hotspot every single place they ever go. Uh, and so, but it wasn't, uh, it was, it was good. It was reliable, but didn't have a whole bunch of like modern features. And so when they became a, uh, when they became a, 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 an advertiser, um, and they offered like a, oh, well, we'll give you like a free account to, to try it out. And I said, well, okay, no, I can't, uh, I, I, I have to pay for it because I actually do need a VPN client. So I'll pay for it. I won't even take any discounts uh, offered to regular users. And it turned out to be exactly the sort of stuff that I really, really wanted. Everything that I was missing from the VPN service I was using for five or six five or six years the thing that really really annoyed me about that previous uh, vpn was that you know things happen to your connection you lose it drops then comes back on again and the thing with my old vpn would be that it would re, uh, i would get the internet connection back but the vpn would not reconnect automatically nor would it tell me that oh by the way you lost the connection for half a second there uh, and so for the past 45 minutes you've been using this public wi-fi access point without any protection whatsoever whereas express vpn's uh, client was able to would simply like stop work it, it, it would it would not reconnect would not it would disconnect my my internet service to make sure that i knew that oh by the way you are not <laughs> you need to reactivate your vpn if you want to stay connected and stay served um and like i said i am a cheapskate i do like, like to, to roam freely the the other thing is that now i haven't been using uh, express vpn quite so much since i have been within staying within two or three miles of my house since march of last year but i still occasionally use it when there are times when, just like the ad copy said, you don't necessarily want your uh, want your internet service provider to know that you've been visiting certain sites. And we're not talking about naughty sites, God forbid, or uh, illegal sites. We're talking about. I'm just curious to know, like, how much does this car cost that I've that I just watched a video about. I don't want some marketer to know to be able to trace that back to me and just make sure that every single ad I get for the next five months is all about car loans and and, and car offers. God forbid they give me uh, some marketer gives my email address to some sort of list of people who are about to drop thirty thousand dollars without thinking too hard about it. And then of course there's the perhaps less above board uses of VPN where if you have a, if you disagree with the bbc's policy of only allowing streaming of its programming to people who actually contribute via taxes and license fees to the production of that content i'm not going to argue with you 
but you know, there's, that's a way around it. Uh, since that's, that there's, it's also a way to sometimes figure out, wow, why am I getting quoted this price when I, when I connect to the VPN, when I connect to uh, this, this shopping site from my house. But when I decide to, to connect, uh, when I change my location through the VPN, so it looks like I'm coming through New York city, I'm getting this whole other price. That's interesting, isn't it? So, I, it it it's a good it's it's part of a, of a balanced breakfast you know uh, it works on my phone it works on my desktop it works on my laptop it works everywhere it has clients for every single operating system that I use and yeah it does it's this is probably somewhere in the ad copy but it does give me peace of mind I don't uh, if you are subscri- if you're paying the money for a good for pay VPN service you're not being exploited by a free one it's something that is one less thing to worry about. It's not the entirety of internet privacy, but it is a big, big, big leap forward. Okay. Now we return to our prepared ad copy. ExpressVPN works on everything, phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected, even if they don't have ExpressVPN. And the best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the door. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN is the world's number one rated VPN by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless others. If you think your online activity is your business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com slash material today. Go to expressvpn.com slash material and you can get an extra three months for free. That's ExpressVPN slash material. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this podcast and all of Relay FM. So for some reason, when something bad happens in America, Silicon Valley has to put out a press release about it. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because well, to, to some avoid, of those... To avoid looking like dummies. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> it's... Me- it's- I'm just saying it's it's it must be a big challenge when you have all of this stuff like on your social media like official social media accounts and your official blogs that's like has been lined up for like weeks and weeks in advance and it's like while 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 the capital of the of the of, of a once proud nation is burning to the ground Jesus. you have hey what's the secret to New Year's cookies well Google search trends has the answer like you really are idiots aren't you no 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 I swear we're concerned we just we wrote this like 18 18 weeks ago we uh, tell me you could have predicted this i think it's just because it's just like the currency of the world and there's nothing anyway i was gonna say that it's because maybe some of those companies are purveyors of the of the thoughts and and supposed facts not facts that pervade and pervert (laughs) the common vernacular i'm sorry i had written this in a in a note doc now i can't take it seriously just because <laughs> i threw you yeah you kind of did but that's okay <laughs> that's fine whatever um anyway and, and here's the, a company white email from I'm google not even sure there are such a thing as new year's day cookies but <laughs> there we are yeah and then i was imagining new year anyway god we're all over the place today uh but you know what at least google knows to put out again a company-wide memo when uh there's a supposed uh Insurrection happening. So Sundar Pichai described Wednesday's insurrection as the antithesis of democracy in memo to employees, but has so far remained silent on the social 
media channels on any of the official ones. Um, Business Insider has a copy of the memo, which we will link into the show notes. And just to give you a little tidbit of what the memo was about, here's here's a direct line. Um, Holding free and safe elections and resolving our differences peacefully are foundational to the functioning of democracy. The United States has a long and proud history of doing this. The lawlessness and violence occurring on Capitol Hill today is the antithesis of democracy, and we strongly condemn it. Um, That's all. I mean, I feel like anybody could agree to that, right? But the, the only problem with the wording of that is that uh, the insurrectionists certainly don't understand the the meaning of the word democracy on a thematic level. I'm also not sure they understand the definition of the word antithesis simply on the basis of how many syllables it has. Now, that's a value judgment based on remote observations, but I'm willing to back that. I'm, I'm willing to support that that observation. Well, listen, I think that's a great memo, but... Uh, it is worth noting that the CEOs of Apple and Microsoft have both spoken out on their personal, personal social media feeds. Uh, but, but Sundar hasn't, I suppose. Has he since we started recording? No, I, well, uh, I, I checked I don't think so. like four or five hours ago, but I haven't checked like since we, st- uh, since then, but it just, it just seemed not, not something that you would like, uh, uh, wag your finger at, but you are the public face of this company and your company has sort of taken effort to put you as the public face of a company. And maybe this is, he's the public face of a company that controls the internet's exchange of information. Cause that really what it is. And we've been talking about it on this podcast. I mean, in 2023, we're going to have a huge uh, case about Google's antitrust. You know, how much control do they really have over the internet? And so it makes you think because a lot of what we saw yesterday happening was a direct correlation of the things that have been spread around the internet. This sort of thing wouldn't really be able to take fold in this manner without the rapid spread of information and the way it just sort of brewed and and just bubbled and this was just one one little bit of it leaking through um it's i yes that's what i want us to focus on i feel like with this because i feel like that's the that's the important part of this story uh you can have your opinions we're not going to necessarily agree, but I think what's really interesting is is this sort of response from the company that where people get their information. Uh, it is worth noting that YouTube did pull the video that Trump had put out in response to what happened yesterday. In the video, Trump blatantly says that uh, the election was stolen, which is like <sighs> baloney. Yeah, I, I don't know how else to react. I'm tired. I'm just very tired by this. Um, so YouTube has pulled that video, but it it didn't pull the videos when it needed to. It didn't pull the pandemic videos, which, by the way, uh, I was reading a news report earlier this morning before we started recording about how those particular videos and the factoids and the thing, the idealisms in those videos have been translated into other languages and are now seeping through. <laughs> other networks. And so when you think about it at this scale, it just, yeah, 
Sorry, Andy. <laughs> With great power comes great shareholder responsibility. <laughs> I wanted to be more eloquent about this. I no, but I, no, I don't know how yeah. to be because I it's it's yeah, it's it's a strange position because uh, for 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 all of us because I do think that a lot of the position of social media companies uh, to be hands off on this, even if we separate it from the fact that there's they the the more engagement people have, the bigger the audience, the uh, the more successful that platform comes. Even if we even if we even if we separate that out as a separate issue, the there is a legitimate reason for the founders and the creators of these platforms to think, well, look, we want to be a, a free speech platform where it's not our job to tell. Uh, to tell the world here is what here is what you should right. be speaking about because the history is filled with uh, oppressed groups having their voices muted by people who have the power to control the printing presses who have people who have power to control the microphones and on this on on a second basis in the united states uh tech companies actually have on some level an obligation not to define themselves as controller editorial controllers of content but as simple passive distributors of content because that's how that's where their section 230 legal protections come from but at this level when you can see here is what the effects of uh here is what the effects of uh these services and more importantly these algorithms have been it is time for uh, lots of people are are calling for serious course corrections and really in my opinion we're not talking about the need to control speech but the need to make sure that algorithms reflect the danger of promoting uh, wild yeah. wild points of view uh and it's so long as there is more control over the velocity of disinformation uh and the recognizing that this is something that so long as this person can tell there are three idiots about it that's one thing but if it can <laughs> infect the entire pool that would be a very very bad thing and there's uh, this is something that we we are recording rather late today. Partly it was partly that's because of my being up until six or seven in the morning, following the news and stuff like that. But a lot of part, but another part of it is that there have been a, a lot of the news today has simply been everybody's official responses to it. Right. And uh, Michelle Obama just tweeted out uh, just an hour before we were recording, less than an hour, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, one of the, one of those uh, tweets that can only be done in two big screenshots of lots of texts, mm-hmm. text, and as part of a very very well observed uh, commentary on the causes and the, the the causes and the roots of this of the insurrection and the the flaws in our society that this shows off, also highlighting something that's being discussed a lot and i'm going to quote her here now is the time for silicon valley companies to stop enabling this monstrous behavior and go even further than they already have by permanently by permanently banning this man of course trump from their platforms and putting in place policies to prevent their technology from being used by the nation's leaders to fuel insurrection and we saw uh we saw facebook immediately suddenly find yeah. the control laborers to its sense of indignation yeah. saying, well, you know, we aren't going to stand for that nasty Trump fellow anymore. By golly, he's, we're not going to allow him to to post anything on our platform uh, from, from now on because he's a bad, bad, Ooh, we're as mad as you are. And I'm sure this has nothing to do with the fact that uh, maybe a day before they found their sense of indignation, 
uh, voters in Georgia found two more Senate seats for Democrats. And now they're realizing the fact that uh, if they are, if they're, if part of their decision-making process in dealing with Trump has been, we do not want to offend Trump's base and Trump's supporters uh, in the, in, in Congress, like, guess what? Democratic president, Democratic House, Democratic Senate. If that was the reason why you were not doing what you should be doing, that's no, that is now the opposite of what you should be doing. So it, it definitely puts companies like, uh, uh, more more Facebook and Twitter than uh, Alphabet companies, but YouTube is definitely part of the part of the problem. But this definitely puts them in the hot seat, particularly in an environment where, again, not only is it's a Democratic triple threat in the uh, in the legislature and the executive office, but also the fact that already states states and the nation were poised to put the biggest slapdown on big tech over the next two or three years as they could possibly summon in a bipartisan effort. So it is long past time for the, it's no longer a PR problem. Uh, It is now a survival problem. And you hate to, you'd hate to think that this would proceed past its initial state as an ethical problem. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are. I'm sorry. I didn't have more to say on that. Sorry, I thought I, I did. I I always think that I maybe will, like by the time I get to the podcast, that I'll say more. But uh, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's <sighs> we're we're not we're not required to speak out on everything at any time with every opportunity that we have. I just feel like a broken record sometimes because we we do yeah, but... tend to talk about this weekly. Uh, why don't we take a little break and then kind of get into the next news item? I know it's kind of early, but let's just take a little break and then we'll go. Okay. Okay. And how about we balance some of that with a little bit of somewhat positive news? It isn't quite a win just yet, but it could, you know, it could set a precedent for, for a more optimistic future. Uh, Say hello to the Alphabet Workers Union affiliated with the Communication Workers of America. Uh, This is pretty great. This came out earlier this week. Uh, Of course, Slack was down when the news hit. So I tweeted Andy about the news (laughs) publicly for everybody to see that I wanted him to add it to the doc. So we did. Uh, The New York Times reported... That the Alphabet Workers Union is organizational in nature. It's fewer than 500 members is a minority union without the power to negotiate contracts or conditions of work. So we still have we still have a little bit of a ways to go before this is fully the kind of like, you know, automakers union kind of situation going on here. But God, I would love that just personally. That's a flow. (laughs) That's a flow note uh, just because I'm personally a fan of unions. I've seen the good things that they can do. Uh, and given the news that we've been reporting the past couple of weeks uh, with the firing of Timnit Gebru and uh, and just, well, the firings of, of the two workers who were trying to organize, I feel like this is just, it's good to look at this with a little bit of optimism. If, yeah, if, and it's it's good know. to it's good to see that the workers at Alphabet and Google and all those companies are undaunted, and yeah, it's 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 positive 
not one reason simply because now it is a huge news story or excuse me for the first two days of this week it was a big news story uh, because the the idea of uh, of uh, tech workers forming unions has been like a bubbling issue over the past three or four mm-hmm. weeks and exactly this is, and it, it's an opp- another opportunity for uh, people to review the problems that deep deep organizational institutional problems that Google has been having uh, with its labor with its labor force but also even though it is just a 500 uh, member union inside a company that has what two to three hundred thousand employees yeah they are they are a recognized affiliated union which gives them additional protections uh, and so it allows them to to lobby it allows them to argue it allows them to have a presence uh, with fewer options or fewer palatable options available to google the the struggle is real the struggle is ongoing but this is how this is how badly google has managed things that uh as out of as out of the world as it seems to for a uh for members of a huge tech company like google to have a a a tech workers union this thing is happening and they will only build Mm -hmm. from there yeah exactly and we have to there were a lot of takes on this news uh, at the beginning of the week. Uh, some of them were very realistic. They were along the lines of, hold on, don't get super excited yet. Here's what still needs to happen. And, you know, I appreciated that. But some of them kind of tried to be optimistic in the sense that if this becomes more normalized in the sense of headlines, there's people behind the scenes who are doing the work because that's how all workers' movements really started anyway. It all started down on the ground floor, yeah. uh, be, you know, as it worked its way up. And so if we can see some traction in that, imagine what kind of precedent that could set. And I have said this on this show before. Imagine what that could set for other companies in Silicon Valley, even maybe small startups, um, because We've just seen too many horror stories come out for people working in this industry. And it just, that just needs to, come on. We just got to start writing some of these wrongs. And it's it's not just that the the number of these stories, it's the fact that they are so similar to one another. Yes. And division after division in a certain company and also in company after company. That mm-hmm. this 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 seems to be a, a blood disease flowing through the tech industry seems to be it is, and it the the, the ship needs writing before it just is absolutely sunk. Right. We no we don't want a Titanic. <laughs> uh, even though there was enough room on that door for both <sighs> Jack and Kate. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there is. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was, I was gonna, I'm sorry. I was just, I was, I was about to be like the the total Gen Xer and just be sarcastic in response, and I realized I don't have to, I don't have to be that person. <laughs> that's a choice. You don't have to be that Gen Xer. I know that's a Gen X thing. You don't have to be that person. <laughs> um, now there is a piece in the New York Times published. It's an op-ed by Parul Cole and Chewy Shaw, the union's executive chair and vice chair. They So they published an op-ed in the New York Times. We will link to it. But this basically sort of lays out the longstanding ruptures between Alphabet and the workers, including the multi-million dollar golden parachutes for senior execs, senior execs who were removed because of sexual misconduct. Of course, we're talking about Andy Rubin uh, and several others. Google's attempt to re-enter the Chinese market and to work with the U.S. defense and law enforcement industries. And uh, they also bring up the objectionable behavior 
again, to the recent firing of Timnit Gebru. So if you're interested, I don't know, do we want to, do we want to maybe tear into a paragraph real uh, quick? If you, if you'd like, there's, a, I, I, I was, they, they were really, they're really good communicators. Like the, if they, if you go to, we all, we're also linking to their actual, uh, their actual website and paragraph one of their of the press release on that site simply is our company's motto used to be don't be evil an organized workforce will mm-hmm. help us live up to it mm-hmm. it's like okay <laughs> that's that's a good foundation upon which to build and it's we, hard we'd for like us to put to... that back in the terms and conditions please <laughs> yes uh we'd like that it is worth noting that so far 226 members have signed union cards with communications workers of America. So we've still got about a little less than 50% of, no, a little more than 50% of folks to go. I had to do quick math there. But again, there's, there's a lot going on in the stars right now. <laughs> yeah. And this, I think this is just uh, today's, today's sort of, the sort of yin and the yang of this of today's podcast is, I think, indicative of what's to come for the year. And so that makes me kind of, I don't know, first bit of optimism I've had in a while, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Let's take a quick little break. Um, when we get back, we'll talk about some some fun stuff. Okay. This this is a fun bit of news. So a mad genius showed is showing off. The fruits of his labor by making a Google Pixelbook triple boot Windows, Mint Linux, Mac OS 10. I read that right. As well as retain its Chrome, original Chrome OS functionality. Wow. Yes. Wow. That got, that, that got my, when I was reading that, that got my attention real quick because I, I love, I'm, 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 I have to, this, this is, this is my excitement here. I'm sorry that this is. <laughs> That I I love the I, I love the form of the Google Pixel Book. I think it's gorgeous, and the only and if not for the fact that Chrome OS has limitations, it would be my sole travel notebook. Because and because uh, unfortunately, there are times where I do need to record a podcast with video, and I do need to do some things that needs a laptop. And as soon as as soon as I saw someone like so, so, so say I uh, post this picture of like the the startup screen of their Google Pixel book with again multiple selections of do you want to boot into Windows 10 do you want to boot into macOS Catalina do you want to boot into Linux and there's still kind of a, a my heart. dodgy way. yeah I know it's like that's ex- <laughs> that's all I want all I want is everything uh, and per- particularly the what what he's done seems to the, the real new stuff that he's been doing seems to be the the Hackintosh part of it because right. um if if you've never gotten into trying to get having an Intel piece of hardware and trying to get Do you other remember Intel when a Hackintosh out. required a dongle? Uh, it had Sorry. to be external. Just, no, no. See that because that, that's what, that's that what little... got me so excited. I was I I uh, I, I felt like the, uh, the the one of the few times I felt like I was entitled to the title of Mister Big Shot was when I bought like a nine inch diagonal screen uh, uh, HP. Uh, HP, oh, I can't remember what they, what they uh, ah, what they, what, they, what they used to call the, those, those kind of useless Windows, uh, Windows Seven or Windows XP notebooks. Uh, 
Uh, anyway, yeah, they, these 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 tiny things that were big, but but yes. the precursor I'm to like the iPad. Racking my brain now, but yes. I know because it was a it was a clever name, and I'm very very sorry. But it was a, the the purpose. But because it ran it because this model was running a, a proper like uh, like Intel CPU, and because it was using graphics for which there was there was a third party driver, uh, so there was a process. For getting like for Mac OS at ten uh, to run in this thing, and I felt like the biggest big shot of this of this. Uh, it was actually a, oh, a film festival because I had this tiny tiny little like paperback yeah. book that was running Macintosh for real. The trackpad worked, Wi-Fi worked, the USB yeah. ports worked, everything worked. And so what if like it was like a two hour long process to get this thing going, and if I screwed up. Uh, majorly i could have bricked the entire device you have to you have to replace the entire bootloader with something that's a little bit more friendly to this enterprise and oftentimes as as is the case with these pixel book hacks uh they the 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 difficulty isn't in getting the operating system running on an an intel operating system running on an intel cpu it's that well the thing is they 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 uh Google gave you device drivers for the hardware that it was shipping with the thing that runs with Chrome OS. They there there is no existing Mac driver, or there's no existing Linux driver for this trackpad, or maybe there's no existing Windows driver uh, for this graphics accelerator that's inside this thing. So oftentimes, uh, again, as is the case, there are some exceptions. Like Windows 10 seems to run well, he reports, uh, and that's because there's a tr- kind of like a tried and true bootloader and installation technique for that. Okay. Um, he's saying that Mac Catalina, uh, Mac OS Catalina, certainly not the most modern version, but certainly uh, Mac OS 10 uh, works. He got he had some. It was touch and go to begin with, but he got Wi-Fi working. He got the touchscreen working. He got sound working, and that that's the big deal with me. I have been begging, uh, without any notable effect, Apple to if all if all Apple ever did was create like a two-in-one MacBook, you know, where the the screen flips. It can be a tablet. It can be tented up. It can be a laptop, and and give it a touchscreen. That I would it's get called an iPad. Th- but no, it, but okay. First of all, it does. It doesn't run <laughs> Mac software. It doesn't have a keyboard or a touchpad built into it. It's just. This I'm, is not. I'm this is not what app, I asked I'm for. The, Send I'm it being back your to Apple the friend who's like, it's called the iPad, and I don't expect Man. this to appear on the check. Thank you very much. Uh, actually, weird, weirdly enough, so they, he, he has macOS Catalina mostly working. You would think that uh, Linux would be the thing that would be the slam dunk, but uh, he doesn't have uh, built-in sound or the touchpad working. And uh, the only th- and so you you have to plug in an external USB like mouse or or sound card to get that working. But it's like it's 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 got that like really really destructive seven year old boy itch working. Where it's like you you want to make something so badly that it doesn't occur to you that well what happens if you can't get dad's watch back together again after you take it apart? Uh, so I know Andy, that's why I bought a Japanese Android phone, an old Japanese Android phone with infrared on it because I would like to finally netbooks. transfer all those items. Oh God, I Sorry. loved netbooks. netbooks. That's what that's what they were called. I don't know why I, I could not come up with Loved netbooks. netbooks. Yes. I love yes. netbooks so much, 
Oh my God. One summer I asked my, my best friend if I could borrow his netbook when I went to Sweden to visit my best friend. And I felt like the biggest badass walking <laughs> through this like college town in Sweden with my teeny tiny little seven inch netbook in my cute little bag, my cute little, little sports sack bag that I had on me. Oh God, I thought I was so cool. And I was cool because I was able to post to my live journal from that trip very easily get the pictures off of my camera because I had a little SD card reader on it. Oh my <laughs> God, it was the future. Oh, um, I, uh, just since we're on this topic, okay. Um, this, this is what we call organic, organic material podcasting right here. You know, I've really been going back through the archives of, of computer history lately, just for a number of reasons. And I, I think that netbook experience is why I was so into the Chromebook for as long as I was. I just recently went back to the Chromebook this week. I picked it up after months and months of not touching it. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't touched it since we did our bonus episode where we wiped our Chromebooks and I decided to just do, Oh, I, I threw out my back on Monday this week. So mm. I was just like, I'm bored. Get me my, get me my Chromebook. I might as well like, so I went through and I, you know, started on installing some apps I didn't need. And I kind of pared it down, put a new little wallpaper. Uh, and and now this is making me want to get back in there and play around again. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> see, I'm going through the problem of, but, I, but the thing is, I like my Pixel book and it has a role in my office. And if I can't get this working or worse, if I get it working, but I don't like how well... <laughs> windows or mac os works on this i will have and I, I, it, it will be a long long climb up a very very jagged mountainside with very little oxygen to get to return it to its status with its original bootloader as a primary chrome os device that's true maybe maybe when when official Google, official support and official updates are pulled for that for good I will definitely look. I will definitely look back. I will bookmark this and return to it with considerable interest, right? Because this will be a hell of a nice Linux machine, or even a hell of a nice Catalina Mac. <sighs> I suppose you're right. I just can't stop thinking about that. But, but, but Google, don't 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 be emboldened by that. Please don't drop support for it. It's a God, very, I really very want a netbook machine. now. That's what we need. We need a we need a netbook <laughs> with with Chrome OS on it. That's well, what those to... books, that's what those little, uh, those little laptops are for your kids. No, those are crappy. <laughs> What's a little well, more. Well, of course, well, of course. Now you've got me. Like I'm, uh, so now I've, I'm opening. eBay. I know. I'm like on eBay and one tab looking at netbooks. Now I'm like. Well, there you go. It, there you go. The classic ASUS EPC, thirty nine yes. bucks or best offer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. EPC. Ugh, those that might, were that might it. Be, that might be worthwhile. <sighs> ASOS thirty five bucks. See, it's sixty bucks. Buy it now. Yeah, one gig, one gig of RAM, it's Windows seven starter battery dead. <laughs> twenty twenty bucks with a one twenty eight gig SSD. Again, from a name brand, ASUS. It's. Oh, I'm really glad we went down this this little <laughs> sidetracking. Um, this was good. Uh, let's take another quick little break, and then when we get back, we'll we'll get back to some Google stuff. Something modern and 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 helpful. <laughs> a new Asus 11-inch netbook? No, 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 
no, no, no. Surely you mean an educational Chromebook. Anyway. There's one on here for one hundred seventy-five dollars. It has two hundred fifty gigs of storage. Ten bucks EPC for parts for parts or repair, even as a static object or as something to install to try to like do an engine swap for a Raspberry Pi. That might be worth it. See, the thing is, the 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 thing that I'm confronting here is that I've we've probably only got like another only like five or six months before like we've got the excuse of well the thing is it's an unvaccinated i'm unvaccinated this is an unvaccinated world i really can't go out F- to, to come up with these sort of like bogus i need to fill time projects that frankly i would i would have like done anyway if i had the excuse because that's why i got into these damn tamagotchi <laughs> and why i ordered that phone no no I'll, I'll tell you why you got into those tamagotchis because you've got a lot of love to give florence Ion. i do I do. More, I do. Even more love that could be contained in one household of humans. It's true. And that's why my daughter has shown me she's already very independent. $10? Oh, I think this is the parts only one that you were right, looking right. at. Okay, let's get back. To- okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, this one should be just a riveting little piece of news for anybody who just really feels like they, they want to try and start off the new year. <laughs> With a little routine, which, you know what? God bless you. If you're really trying to establish a routine in the midst of all this chaos, I salute you. But I also want to tell you to be easy on yourself because if you can't do it, just don't. It's fine. But if you want some help, you could ask Google Assistant for it. So the Google Home now has Google Assistant scheduling features, which I think is super helpful. So this recent update lets you specify start and stop times when controlling smart home devices. Stuff like turn off a certain light in 90 minutes or turn on another light switch at sunset. Um, I feel like I could really use this when I'm doing Mona's bath time. I'm trying to establish like the routine where do the bath. Uh, and then we come into the lit up room. And then as soon as she's dressed, I turn off one light and then we read with the little like reading lights that we have going. And then as soon as we're done reading, we turn off that light. So, you know, trying to get her staged down to get her to, to get sleepy, whatever. I feel like that would be really helpful in a situation like that, for instance. Um, I, I was really, I was as, as you might be, you listeners might be able to tell from my rather droopy uh, 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 vocal expression. I was up rather late last night. And so it just reminded me that I'm no longer the young person who has what I, what I would term like four or five get out of sleep free cards to spend every month. And so if I do wind up staying up until 6 30 or 7 in the morning on a day when i have to finish writing the show doc for a podcast and record that podcast the lack of sleep might be a factor in my inability to get that done in a timely fashion and it was a reminder that uh but the thing is i can't it's not it doesn't work for me to have an app that uh that uh, uh that uh i need i need that sort of external like nudge and so mm-hmm. I, I'm going to use this. I, I'm starting to use this to say that, uh, like at at midnight, where I can see that okay, well, I can. Uh, I'm I'm nearly done with what I want to get done for today. Uh, if I get to bed by like one thirty or two, I think that's fine because I normally sleep until like eight or nine anyway. But this, I'm using this now to say, you know, hey Guillermo, turn off all the lights at one forty five a.m. today, so that even if like I get 
you know, distracted by a bumblebee as I often do. And <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, didn't I buy that 20s DVD set of The Shield? Why don't I do It's 1 a.m. If I start ripping them right now, I can have them all done by 10 a.m. Like sometimes you just need <laughs> the bar to when the bar just like flips on all the lights at 2 a.m. to underscore that you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Um, I, I was, although so the, the only documentation of this are in, uh, Google system developers docs. And some of the examples are, uh, things that are maybe a little edgy for me. Like I mm. would not, uh, Hey Guillermo, turn on my coffee maker at 8am tomorrow. Hey, Hey Guillermo, run my splink sprinkler in a week at 5pm. And now these are two things that I don't want to be automated. Anything that involves turning on a heating element while I might be asleep or are not attending it. Or again, opening up like a water pipe <laughs> that I, I don't, uh, I, I, if there's wow. one, uh, if, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that the universe is indifferent to our suffering and that sometimes we are s the stars of God's favorite sitcom on any <laughs> given day. So if, if I were the star of God's sitcom on that particular day, the uh, the assistant feature would work when it comes to turning on the sprinkler. It would not work when it comes to turn it off again 90 minutes later. And then I would get back from like my big three day bus trip to Branson, Missouri, seeing that, oh, well, now I have now I have a waiting pool in my entire property extending into my basement and my library. OK, thank you, Google Home. I know, but I got to tell you, maybe it just talks about how, maybe it just speaks to how much trust I have in these things, but <laughs> I really do love being able to just kind of shout out to the assistant wherever in the house, as we were talking about earlier, and just kind of knowing that it's going to take care of it. True. Um, I, I could see if people were leaving the house, I think, and being busy, I feel like this would really come in handy. Especially, um, especially things like turn on the porch light at sunset because it also understands sunrise. Exactly. And sunset, so. Or if you wanted to use it, like if you knew your kid was going to be home before you or something, you could tell you could ahead of time tell the assistant on your phone to turn a light on at home half an hour before it needs to happen just to ensure, you know, the kid comes home to a house with lights on. But again, we're, nobody's going anywhere. Or if you know that your kid is of that certain age where they're going to make out on that super, super romantic gazebo porch swing that your family decided to install, heedless of the fact that your, your, child, your children are now a reason that age where they can't pass by a romantic gazebo porch swing without getting a little bit smoochy about it. I just think that's hilarious if that, it, if that happens. And I, I feel like these are things I'm going to do to torture my daughter when she's older. Hey Guillermo, so. turn on turn on the sprinklers if you sense motion inside the romantic. Our sprinklers are connected, <laughs> so and we have sprinklers also also in the start running the camera. Yes, <laughs> sorry. Uh, hey, you know what? Have a little bit of fun. Why not? The world could really use some fun right now. Yes, <laughs> even if it comes at your child's expense when they're at a very vulnerable part of their developmental cycle. No, no, don't 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 do that. Don't and and, and don't tweet about it. <laughs> Even if you're joking, even if keep it to yourself, even if you're used to to yourself, yeah. um, yeah. I'm sure the people who know you and know your sense of humor will get the joke. But again, we talked about the algorithms that sometimes the yeah. algorithm does not really obey your instructions, and you wind yourself get winds up getting a, a nickname that at first you think is endearing and interesting dinner conversation, and then you find yourself. 
Okay, now I've got to, now I'm going to go shop for an assortment of hats and wigs. See, I so got to tell go you, this pandemic d- does not make me miss that stuff about socializing. I got to tell you, I, I don't miss the awkward, God, what conversation did we just have? What did we just reveal to each other about? I've known you for so many years, but something you said just, <laughs> like, I'm not looking forward to that awkwardness again. I really am not. Um, I guess I'm just going to find more reasons to stay on with my Tamagotchi. Yes. On that note, if you would like to if you would like to help me and my Tamagotchi obsession, uh, you <laughs> you can become a member of the Relay FM network at relay.fm slash material. Uh, you by becoming a member, you're supporting and sustaining the different wonderful shows hosted here at the network. And you get a lot of member perks. Member perks are fun. Um, you'll get member perks from us. And from the other shows on this network that you love so much. And you'll also be supporting me and Andy as we do the show every week. And, uh, you know, try to fumble our way through new ways that the world is disappointing us. (laughs) And Flo Flo would never say this herself, but, you know, two of her Tamagotchi are getting old enough that, like, they they have an interest in attending horseback riding camp next summer. One of them is actually 37 years old which means like days <laughs> so <laughs> i need to get this I don't, I don't house. 37 it's, year old freeloader living in my house yeah, even, we, even if i'm just me. even if all i'm paying for subkeep is my attention it's like for god's sakes you know help me help me get stop this being guy so needy stop, right. stop bringing something to this relationship for god's sake <laughs> you're not a cat <laughs> Uh, oh no, this one's almost moving out. See, anyway, all right. So, uh, relay.fm. You're not the Andy. boss of me. I didn't ask to be born. One day, I'm going to move out of this stupid hick town, and you'll never see me again. <laughs> Andy, do you have anything you'd like to point people to this week that you're working on? Uh, well, as soon as I as soon as I get some dinner tonight, I have to start writing the sh- NPR show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to wgbhnews.org. I'm going to be on at 1 p.m. Friday. Uh, you can stream it live or stream it later. And yeah, this is this is I'm I'm uh, this is one of those times where I have to sort of partition myself into like my own my writer side and my like oversight editor side that says that okay no i i think it is a good idea to do the entire half hour on tech related news regarding the insurrection but we're gonna i'm gonna gonna run over a list of words that we're not gonna use (laughs) dip spits let's say brass hats you may you may substitute any homonyms as needed (laughs) 25th amendment now 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 save us all for god's sakes stuff of that nature we're gonna sort of like just try not to integrate that into our little 30 minute spiel given that again much like the person who decided to tweet a very very long amusing anecdote about a a bonding moment with his daughter not all people who are listening to wgbh know you and love you some people will just simply think of you as a ranty hateful idiot and we're trying to conceal that from the audience as long as we can possibly get away with that. As for me, <laughs> I need to update my website. I'm doing a bunch of stuff this week, but you can always go to florenceion.com. Oh, that flow. <sighs> we'll, we'll get a little more rest and next week we'll come back and we'll be a little more 
up to. So until then, everyone, please be safe. Have a great seven days. And we will see you next week with a renewed, hopefully, sense of self. Goodbye, everybody. Indeed. Bye-bye. 